my whole team was just because it hasn't been done before it doesn't mean that it can't be done now so I was very strong will gave me the platform to to put a map in place of how I could actually do it subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now the GPA have a, have a report out today. Now this was a. It, it feels like not so, that's something we haven't we've seen before, but also it's quite concerning. So some of the the top level stuff from this uh, GPA report um, find that only nine point five percent of intercounty women's players receive travel expenses versus one hundred percent of the male players. Also found that eighty percent don't have regular access to a doctor, and forty eight percent paid to see a physio with average cost of €220. Euro. Um, there's talk talk about access to pitches as well. 70% of female intercounty players uh, reported difficulties accessing pitches uh, and there are calls to compensate female players uh, for costs incurred from, from this year onwards. It's on the back page of a lot of the, the newspapers this morning as well. Even the back of the window there has uh, GPS seek more croaker funds to end inequality in female codes. Uh, a lot of quotes from the GPS CEO, Tom Parsons. Uh, but guys, this is fairly stark when you read the figures here. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm not really that surprised, though. Yeah. Um, you should be a bit more surprised, but I, I don't think I am. Like, just to think about the Mead Camogie players, they played in Crow Park last weekend mm. in the league final against Kerry, lost by a point in the end. But up until that game, they were going around the country trying to find pitches um, for their training. They don't have a, a set base. So, yeah, I think things like this are, are happening maybe across the country and on the expenses as well. I maybe thought maybe that had changed mm. 2023 we'd often heard the terrible stories up to now but I definitely thought there was more of an improvement there um, but I don't know how players do that when they're a lot of them nowadays the intercounty age is, is dropping they're in college they're either only coming out of leave insert some are only doing their leave insert how would they have the funds to get themselves to and from trainings you know to, to get themselves to matches to wherever it is to get on the bus to go to matches it's oh, very tough it's their parents are having to do it obviously and that's not easy in the times that we're in at the minute so yeah um, not on because a lot goes into being an inter-county player and then to on top of all of that to be having to worry about travel expenses so yeah it's it's terrible to, to hear those figures but yeah not overly surprised though mm-hmm. Who are the dissenting voices against this happening? I just can't understand. I actually, there was a bit of me that looked at the paper this morning and I thought, oh, is that a paper from somehow from yeah. like three years ago that is yeah. one of the like. like, there's obviously this conversation that's gone on in the background that, um, is it Mary McAleese is heading up that yeah. committee where they're trying to obviously piece Merge the, them all the yeah. together, yeah. Um, things together. Which, again, like, I know there are obviously bits and pieces you need to get through, but, like, uh, I can't, you know, I was looking at the, she was at the uh, Agreement 25 thing that was up in Queen's University, Belfast, uh, 25 years since the Belfast Agreement, and I was watching the George Mitchell speech last night, which, by the way, is a, I appreciate it, it's a bit mm. of a tangent here, an unbelievable watch, yeah. and I highly recommend it to go and look at. Uh, but she was hosting a panel after that, and she's obviously involved with trying to piece that thing together. I don't know what voices in the room are saying, like, uh, here, should we, what, you know, what what's stopping that happening, number one? And just on this bit, like George Mitchell was talking about, sort of, like he managed to get everybody in that room. You know the, the types of people and, and how at opposite end of the scales they were, mm-hmm. scale they were to get them in a room and get that hammered out over a couple of years. This has been going on for 
forever yeah. since yeah. the Games existed. I just don't understand how they couldn't, even almost separate to that other process of uniting the organisations, how couldn't they get everybody in a room? I just don't know what the counterpoint, if, if, if all the stakeholders are sat around a table, who's saying... Well, we can't do this, or here's the reason not to do that. It just doesn't. What are the hurdles? Yeah, mm-hmm. just like, get it done. That's the only way we're going to see change. Like nine point five percent. That that's bizarre, isn't it? To one hundred percent for men, like that is is quite crazy when you think about it. But yeah, I've it's 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 unbelievable, really. But yeah, bringing them together, merging that's the only way I could see really positive improvement. But could they get this done ahead of that? Would be what I would ask. Like. Twin track them, separate that one. Like, I don't know what the hurdles to getting that done. Again, on the face of it, look, I'm probably very naive. I can't see why the, everybody has a thirst to get it done. Just go and get it done. Mm-hmm. But to just get this done, because they were talking, like the big thing in the paper today is about trying to get it done by 2024. Mm. And I don't know what the timeline for the uh, merging of the organisations would be. It would appear that it might be slightly longer than that. So on the basis of 2024, they're going to have to do it in parallel or separately. I just... Go ahead and get it done. Yeah, like, do it. Do it now. If and if there's a will to get it done, which there clearly is. Yeah. Um. I think we were, you were, well, you making the point before the show, Ashley. Like the fact that people forget that these players, male and female players, but but clearly it's it's a bigger issue for female players because they're not getting the the same financial support. They have things to pay for. They have bills. They have mortgages. Some of them. It would turn you away from playing. Hundred percent. Because maybe you just can't do it. Like you a lot of these girls play. can't afford to play an amateur game. Because they can't get themselves to and from training mm. or to get themselves to the bus to go to, to the game or whatever it is. And it's not fair to do this to, to families, to parents, to have to put that on them. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure that they would like to, you know, if they can be able to, you know, have their, their child play. And so, yeah, it's it's just unreal. But it's been going on for, for so, so long. Like I remember years ago being involved and this was always the way. Mm. You know, you didn't get any expenses, and, and it was tough. And what about access to pitches? Like, was it were there clear preferences for the male teams? Um, yeah, yeah, there always would have been. I think that's well known. Like, they maybe got the first pitch, and you'd get the maybe the second pitch, that sort of thing. They'd have food after training. Mm. We used to sort of, in fairness, it was probably a sound thing on their behalf. We didn't have the funds, obviously, within the LGFA, so it was the GA that had the money in Mead, so they basically would have their food and stuff after training and we used to go in after and if there was like, you know, Scraps, when they well, I wouldn't say that, but like that they basically would, yeah, they would let us come in then, but we didn't have our own. You know, we just got to, you know, basically what was, yeah. they not leftovers because it was perfectly good food, but like maybe there was too much. So that's the food that we got then. Um, yeah, that's desperate. But now that's, so I'm talking 2017, so I would think that there's been a lot of change since then. Obviously we've seen the heights that Mead have gone to, so they're in a total different place to that but I would say there is other counties that are not like you've heard about Cavan like a lot of talk about the Cavan ladies this year and they just wanted the expenses what they were told they were going to get Yeah. so yeah there's a lot of stories I would say uh, around the country um, yeah of players not getting their expenses maybe not getting food after training things like that do you think our basics you would the think basic, so, yeah. basic rights to like have, the, I would the say. The quote to the paper, so Mary McAleese and Tom Parsons, along the same lines, basically, they know that the finances are there within the GA to take female sports forward. So I think Parsons is quoting, in excess of €150 million Euros a year, when you consolidate it, he says, players' expenses are 4 or 5% of that because it's an amateur game. Half of revenue in other professional sports goes on salaries, so we don't have that cost. So he's saying even if the travel expenses on the, the men's side is increased, 
uh, or doubled to 8%, it's still the deal of a lifetime. The revenue is there. It's hard to argue with that. The money the money is there within the GA to make, to make this I see, happen. Um, so. mm-hmm. Matthew Hanlon, who's the co-chair, obviously, since the GA and the GPA were merged. Uh, we want negotiations to start as soon as possible so that consistent work of the charters in place for 2024 onwards. And, uh, um, you just wonder, like, obviously the foundations of the GPA were very militant, um, you know, the, the, an old strike threat or threat of a strike every now and then was uh, something that got thrown out. Yeah. Like, at some point or another, this can't go on for the players. Like, they will need to, at some point, if there's not a will being shown on all sides, people to get around the table and to actually get something done about it, maybe they just need to um, take a more of a hardline approach. I'd say there's drastic change from county to county, though. And I'd say mm-hmm. that's probably the thing. So you might see the top few counties mm-hmm. are maybe getting their expenses and yeah. stuff. We'll have to look into this. But I would say there's a lot that are getting nothing. So I'd say it's quite a divide to yeah. when you have the strike, some are happy, some aren't. That sort of thing. So Grace Walsh is in the paper. She's being quoted for at this uh, GP report launch. The Kilkenny Camogie captain. She's saying you're just treated less than your male counterparts, and that again feels like Groundhog Day. This feels like a story that's cropped up a number of times over the years. Even when you look at things like sports science. So I've already mentioned access to physios, strength and conditioning expertise, medical professionals, and then the training playing gear and the, the nutritional expenses. We saw the Telegraph report on the, the women's rugby team last week. Even access to protein, protein ahead yeah. of the, the Tour of Japan last year. So this this is something that has cropped up in Irish sport across coats. Like it's just mm. the level, the, the playing field. You feel like in the last couple of years, every so often we pat ourselves on the back and we're like, "This is getting better." Or we're definitely we're definitely moving in the right direction. Then all of a sudden you see a report like this and you're like, "Are we? Re- are we?" Yeah, I think it even stems from like underage. I yeah. think yes, that's where you start seeing it. Mm. Like I'd often hear like conversations within clubs and. They'd be deciding who gets what pitches, say. Yeah. And like I've heard of clubs giving their minor lads team the front pitch because maybe they have more supporters than the senior women's team. Jeez. That has been excuses that I've heard. And they're le- they think they're legit. They're telling you the excuse going, what, really? Like these are stories that I've heard not that long ago, mm. you know, close to, enough to last season. So I think it stems from, from underage the whole way up of... Yeah, they they basically think, oh, they're better quality games. I don't know. But even, was it Anna Kiplis on the show? Yeah. Apologies if it wasn't. Right it, it yeah, was, she yeah. was talking about the even meetings yeah. at, at rugby level where they discuss the men's first team and maybe the seconds and then the thirds and then maybe the under-20s and then they'll get into the down-the-age groups in the boys' section, down to the mini-leagues and it's it's any other, any other business at, at that stage and the, the women's team is maybe thrown in or someone has to put their hand up and say well what about the women's team are we going to discuss the issues there so like and, and look I'm sure that doesn't happen at every single rugby club or GA club across the country but unquestionably there are GA clubs and rugby clubs across the country that treat the women's game like that like I even know rugby, or GA clubs at home where the, the the ladies team is almost separate entity completely to, to mm-hmm. the men's team and it's treated mm-hmm. like that in the club you look at the, the name of the club and you're thinking right that's the men's, men's team and that's the women's team but they're different entities in, in so many ways and that's where the merger I guess comes in the um, fact that they're called ladies I have to say for me it's just, I, I, I often say it and I'm like why am I even saying it I, I refuse to say it yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it's dinosaur stuff yeah yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> if they, if they want to go down that route then call it the gentleman's yeah yeah it's just yeah, no, I honestly, I say it so many times because that is what it is called. That's been ham- the, that hammered is home the, to say the name it, yeah. of it. But like, I'm like, <laughs> ladies, like, oh, we would never say that to each other. From the get-go, like, it's... Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. It's, it's wrong. Uh, let us know in the comments what, what, what you make of all that in the GA, GPA report. Uh, we'll, of course, cover that story uh, more heavily across the, across the rest of the week. O2BM at 7.56am with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. I did want to talk about Monaghan. I do want to talk about Monaghan. Ashley, you were at the match. That's why you... Don't, 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 don't look at me. Don't be like, oh, this lad's talking about Monaghan again. We wanted to talk about it because Ashley, like myself, was at Healy Park. Come on, Jay. Don't yeah, throw me under the bus here. here. That's the excuse. It's all me. I was at, in the pre-show meeting, I was at, and James was like, Grant, that's yeah, yeah, half yeah, an yeah, hour yeah. of that. Yeah. You're also at Fermanagh Dairy, of course, as well. Which yeah, is, sure, we'll talk about that. that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> no, let's get to Monaghan first. Uh, what did you make of it? It was... Um, what a game! What, say it was, what a game! This whole phrase "saved football" has been thrown around, but um, yeah. it was. It was. It was <laughs> Who's thrown that around? It's been. Th- I was listening to the lads in the news round last night, and they were discussing the. It was an unbelievable game. I think we needed, you know, that sort of kickstart to the championship Mm. because I was at the Derry Fermanagh game the day before and it just lacked all sense of atmosphere. There was no championship buzz whatsoever, unfortunately. But um, yeah, the the Monaghan Tyrone, it's always a a good game in Healy Park. (laughs) Anytime I go, it seems to either go to extra time or... Yeah, it's brilliant. But yeah, five points down at half time. I thought Monaghan, they're not at the races. I thought Tyrone, they looked... Really, really fit. I find they've gone to an, Tyrone in the first yeah, half, just. gone to a new level. I just thought, no, Tyrone are ones to watch here. That's the way I was feeling yeah. in the first half, and then yeah, we actually seen Monaghan come to life then in the second half, and what a finish! Oh, but it was ridiculous at the end of the game that that any self-respecting team in terms of Tyrone, what happened at that last with the goal. The parting of the seas. I honestly couldn't believe it. I was looking at the TV yeah. going, defending like well, somebody's going to come out now at some point and put a challenge in here. Like it was crazy. He had that much space it to begin with. Yeah. Straight Very through. smart run. Like he, he lost kept his space. Sludden. Yeah. Sludden was keeping an eye over his shoulder, but then got drawn towards the ball and obviously gave O'Toole the, the space. But they should have known that if they had but just even long before that with the move. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. the fact that it all went, it was like we've knocked it over the bar, wasn't it? It was a point yeah, for Tyrone, and, just got and then that. it was like, okay, cool, we can just we've won the match. Like, yeah, well, it was get Crazy. fifteen men behind the ball, and yeah. Monaghan won't get through us. But Carlo Connell, who was brilliant all game, just kept running through that Tyrone defence and breaking through. Kieran Duffy gets on the ball, and Kieran Duffy is often he might be a cornerback, but he's often the man at the end of Monaghan moves who takes the pot shot, and he's a very accurate shooter for a cornerback. So I was thinking when Kieran Duffy gets the ball, kick it over the bar quick. Yeah. But that, obviously then you see Ryan O'Toole inside and then once Ryan O'Toole gets the ball I'm like alright fist it over the <laughs> yeah, bar yeah. just hurry up and fist it and as, as he bared it oh. on goal I was, I was like what the hell is he doing <laughs> what is he doing but I, I, I watched the, the, the Mayo game previous uh, yeah, in he the did last the game same he, he did the exact same goal came from the same position and just buried it now this was different this was an, an occasion where you're like he has to he has to fist it over the bar yeah. and when I spoke to him after he said I was one on one like yeah. I, I had to go for it yeah. he almost felt like you know that's the way I've been trained one on one I'll get in trouble not to go oh. for a goal here but even <laughs> you weren't one on one he wasn't one on one there was a defender on the goal line <laughs> yeah. as well like, he was like you have to live in the moment and stuff his quotes yeah. afterwards were like well I was listening to that I was definitely like <laughs> Jesus <laughs> yeah. I thought like there would have been a part of him sort of half second guessing himself but oh. he was probably no, full know. of confidence yes yeah, championship debut Unbelievable. I'm sorry, the celebration. I know. Like, as soon as the ball hits the net, he runs off and starts doing this. It's like, I don't even know what it means, but cash money, Money, I guess. (laughs) Bonham were certainly in the money uh, at full time, and it was uh, was quite a buzz leaving. There was a good few videos popped up, actually, I don't know if you were paying much attention. You probably weren't very busy, but there was a lot of people that, like, during the game were taking videos of what was going on. Some of these people now even, and, you know, we don't want to mention any names, but some of these people even have been really vocal about 
telling fans that they shouldn't be taking video of games, and yet here they were. No way, I didn't see this. Taking video, uh, video of some of the games. Oh right. Yeah. All One right, all right. Come on, Shane. So what Adrian is getting to, folks, is right. I, I took a video at the end of the match just to catch. <laughs> the match the, was still on. See, I had thought the whistle went. No, no. And then, no, no, and then clearly on, the referee. Ridiculously, oh, by the way, played played way too much time and gave Tyrone a couple oh. of opportunities to, to launch the ball into the box. Um, but so what did you get on the camera? I, I got, I got, I got nothing. He was at the opposite end of the pitch. Oh, you couldn't see. Really? But I got the, the man and fan. The, the, <laughs> the goal the buzz, went in. The buzz, no, the buzz in the stand as the full time whistle. Okay, which, right. I mean, I wanted to experience that. I wanted. It's okay. Hold on to, to it for perpetuity. That, you know, you've you've relented from your ridiculous previous. This position. is different. To, this is different to LeBron James breaking the, no, the record and everyone with the phones out as he takes the shot. Were you? That's different. I, you, I didn't um, have the phone out when Rhino Tool was was pulling the trigger. Were you? Uh, <laughs> were you able to do this? Were you able to do that? And then also look at the game at the same course, time. Of course, of course, I was. So I'm a natural social media man. Uh, I had to actually stand up because in Healy Park a lot of the time if you're not in the actual press box across mm. the way then you're in amongst the fans which is actually I, I enjoy yeah. but I had to stand up for most of that because they were all stood up getting out of their seats yeah. once the Rhino okay. Tool had scored so I was like I can't even see the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah so everyone was just standing <laughs> it's, uh, it's, if, I, if I had filmed the O'Toole goal Adrian I acknowledge I would have I would have put forward my resignation on the show on Monday morning. Yeah, I would have said I, I, I resigned my position. Unlikely, Shane. Unlikely, unlikely. No, you would have got like there's an awful lot more video. <laughs> there's definitely an awful lot more video on your phone than your your. This is a latter day. Can have my phone if you want, Adrian. That was the only video or photo I took of the whole the whole, ah, the whole occasion on Sunday. I have to say, it. and it was tempting. You know, it was tempting the whole way home as well when you're when you're driving back and everyone is just buzzing. Modern people love beating Tyrone. Um, I think every county in Ulster loves beating Tyrone. Uh, there is that little thing. And that's, a co- that's a compliment to, to beat Tyrone. them this year in Healy Park. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. And Monaghan beat Mayo in Castlebar as well. I'm not saying it's Monaghan's year, folks, but they'll have cer- certainly. Oh, no, scalps. relax now. They'll have scalps. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, actually. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying it's their year. But I, I do think they. Their year for what? Like? <laughs> well, to, to, have, to have a serious whack. What does that even at mean? At Ulster? That's like a classic GA. They're certainly going to have a whack at Ulster, but the, the Monaghan Derry game is going to be fantastic the week after next. Um, and I can't pick a winner from that one, but but certainly. Well, actually, come on, you you jump in here because I'm I'm. Uh... Um, it's funny with Derry. I, a lot of people are like, yeah, there's certs now, but I yeah. I just am in fully on the bandwagon. When I was very much on it last year, yeah, yeah. yeah I I just have to probably see a little bit more. You can't tell enough from the Fermanagh from game, to be honest. Um, the long, do the I long think balls that? In. Yeah, they're not ju- just some of the balls over the top. I think they would have got caught. Fermanagh didn't catch them enough of the time that yeah. they should have. They had so many opportunities to a better team yeah. would have. But at the same time, do I think that they'll be Monaghan uh, if it if comes to that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it comes to that. They're in the semi final. Sorry. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I that's do the think thing. It feels like there's not. You know, whatever team loses that semi final, I don't. I wouldn't be too concerned as a Monaghan fan if Monaghan lost. You know, if you lose by a few points and you still play reasonably well. And then you have still your three what, what yeah. three weeks to prepare for the group phase. I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, no, it would be lovely no, to win Ulster true, this yeah. year. But I mean, like Tyrone now five weeks. Yeah, which that is nearly is too much. Time. A long time. But like that, that's a lot of players going back to club football. You'd imagine in Tyrone. I know they love their club football in Tyrone, so they will probably go back. Most of them um, give them the next week or two off, possibly because three weeks is more than enough time to prep for that. Yeah, five weeks is a lot of time. I don't know. You could look at it both ways to have a bit of time to. Uh, work on things mm. really get yourself right Mayo I'm sure looking at it like that but at the same time not having that you know match yeah. games it's, it's just tough I think to be at that level 
OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.